How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track from managing your motivation, workload, and relationships to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform or head to gotomeeting.com forward slash tips. Welcome into We Went Blues, the podcast with Barrett Jackman and myself, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic St. Louis. This is episode 47. And Jax, we've had uh, number 57 with us this year. David Perron, number 55, Colton Pareko. Last week, number 10, Braden Shen. And now we bring in number 41, Robert Bortuzzo. Robert, any story behind the number 41? Or did they just flip it to you in training camp one year? Uh, yeah, no, nothing special to this number, uh, at all. It was, uh, it was given to me at a Pittsburgh training camp and, um, kind of just stuck. I, I was, uh, I was too reluctant to change. I just didn't have the jam to, to switch to one of my junior numbers or childhood numbers. So, uh, just ran with 41, um, and has no connection to, like I said, really anything, but, uh, just, just proud to be in the NHL and, um, first one I gave, so I kept it. Well, Big Bob, welcome to the show, bud. It's uh, it's good to hear your voice. I've played golf with you uh, a couple times, but uh, uh, it's good to uh, talk to you serious with uh, with Jr. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. I gotta I gotta commend you on the on the podcast name. That's uh, that's quality stuff there. Yeah, it just kind of came natural, and uh, well, maybe a little tequila induced, but uh, yeah, it's it's it was a uh, it was a pretty easy name to go with after uh, Brett made the uh, the line uh, pretty famous. He sure did. So how's the uh, how's the old golf game going? I'm, I'm sure you've probably never played uh, this much golf uh, this early in the uh, in the golf season, and uh, I know you're getting out with a few of the boys, and uh, you've been losing some money, or uh, you know, coming up uh, up on your your end. Uh, the golf game's all right. Yeah, like I said, um, playing a ton of golf. That kind of is the one thing that's keeping a lot of us sane right now. Um, you know, you think the game would get better, but thats I don't think that's the case with a game like golf. It's just continually hard no matter how much you play. But, uh, you know, pretty steady on the money-wise. Uh, you know, it's nice to have some guys in town still to be able to connect with and, and hang out with. And, uh, again, just something to keep you sane and something to keep you, um, you know, competing. It's kind of something we're all used to is, you know, going to the rink and competing every day. And um, golf's just a nice substitute to, to something like that. Robert, I've seen that uh, slap shot over the years ever since you got to St. Louis from Pittsburgh. Any similarity in the golf swing in the slap shot uh, for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I swing at it pretty hard. You'll ask any of the guys we play with. Uh, you know, when it goes, it goes. But I, I, I trade uh, I trade all that distance for like a Darren Pang straight ball, which is <laughs> cuts a ton of the distance. But, uh, you know, at least he knows where it's going and um i would i would trade any any of my golf strokes for for a little bit of accuracy we've seen that sick backhand and i think we're going to talk to you about that later do you ever you're at the tee and you just want to walk up and, and backhand it uh maybe around the greens because uh you know i don't have the best hands as as you guys know but 
Um, I could try the backhand with some wedges around the green, maybe have a little touch that way. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought about uh, maybe switching hands and going uh, uh, going lefty around the greens, but uh, you, you mentioned uh, Panger. I played with him yesterday, and it's amazing how uh, consistent he is. It's uh, you know, 220 yards down the, uh, the middle of fairway and then a little... Uh, a uh, little soft, uh, you know, hook into the green, and uh, if he ever misses the green, it's uh, it's up and down, and uh, and uh, a one putt. So he's uh, uh, he's a pretty special uh, golfer, and uh, like you said, it, it's fun to to be out with the boys, a little competition. And uh, so, who are the guys that you're playing with right now? Who's in town, and uh, who's the uh, the sandbagger in the group? Uh well, Shen, O'Reilly, um, you know, we've been out with Steiner, uh, Panger, like you said. Um, no real sandbaggers. Everyone's kind of playing to their caps. I would say Panger, like you mentioned, is, is far and above better than all of us. Um, you know, I think he's lying in his pockets the most. He's probably putting his new granddaughter through college this summer, just off all of us uh, out at Meadowbrook or wherever we're playing. So um he's doing the most damage i would say but uh overall i'd say shen's probably um you know one of the more consistent guys and we've had bozak out uh just once it's been tough for him i think having the new new baby but uh he's you know far and above all of us when it comes to to golf there well robert i know in the off season uh, you don't see too many alexander ovechkin shots so uh i gotta imagine that uh the one good part about the off season for you is your body is able to heal not too many of those purple bruises uh, up and down the legs. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have to jump in front of any one-timers uh, anytime soon, so don't have that to worry about. Uh, like I said, getting the chance, I'm sure a lot of guys are just taking this opportunity to get their bodies right. Uh, you know, we had played 76 games or 71 games or whatever it was. Um, so, you know, that, that takes a toll, plus coming off playoffs, um, you know, it's a good opportunity to reset and um, you know, we've been able to do some home workouts and, and, you know, stay active, which is another thing that, that I'm sure is keeping a lot of us sane. So, um, you know, again, using this time, you know, um, to relax and, and let the body heal. And, um, you know, it sounds like they're going to take a crack at this thing and, and getting it done. So, um you know, we have a team that is uh, full of consummate professionals who who will all be ready to go. I'm sure. So is uh, you know, I know a lot of guys got to improvise with their workouts and and whatnot. Is there anything uh, kind of unique or, or different that you're uh, doing? I know some guys have got rollerblades or uh, just doing some different things. What uh, what have you been doing to to stay in shape and and kind of keep things fresh? Uh, I like to run. Uh, I'll do that a couple times a week. Uh, uh, girlfriend bought a Peloton, so I'm trying that out. Uh, a lot of guys are on that, actually, so everyone can kind of see what classes everyone's taking or see who's uh, putting up the big scores. Um, Steiner's an absolute beast on that bike. I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know. You, you just can't beat him on the Peloton. Me and Shannon were talking about that the other day. Um, I grabbed some dumbbells from the rink, so, um, you know, I've been at it long enough where I've just you know, gained enough knowledge on on what I need to to be ready to go and um, what my body's looking for and, and and putting workouts together. So um, nothing specifically. Haven't really had a stick in my hand or anything like that. I probably should probably grab a golf ball and uh, you know maybe head to a a school gym or something like that. But 
you know, I'm, it's sounding like they're they might open up the rinks soon. I'm hoping just to just to get in there and just just a new change of pace or a new look, new new scenery. So, um, like I said, yeah, uh, looking forward to getting a stick in my hand at least. Yeah, you could get, uh, come over to the house. We'll get Caden to uh, put you through a little hockey workout and shoot some pucks with him if you want. Yeah, I'm sure I just end up playing goalie <laughs> and he'd be the one getting all the work in. But that'd be fine with me. I love road hockey goalie. It's probably uh, you know more fun for player for me when I'm playing road hockey. Did, did I read something that your dad was uh, was a goalie growing up? My dad was a goalie growing up. Yeah, he. Uh, he had a tryout for the Kitchener Rangers, um, where I ended up playing um, growing up. So, yeah, he played a ton of sports, um, but yeah, he was a goalie. So, back then, you had to be, you know, have a couple screws loose to get in front of the net. Uh, you know, he actually told me a story where he was a goalie in, uh, I think it was Midget, where he was playing on a really good team, and um, he wasn't getting any shots. So, he, I don't know how they did this back in the day, but he asked to get traded or just left that team to go to one of the worst teams in the league where he would <laughs> he would just get peppered he said he was you know he was getting 50 to 60 shots a game and you know that's that's what he preferred so um yeah he was a goalie and you know we used to play catch in the backyard um he still had his goalie mitt and like if you guys saw this thing it would blow your mind that uh this was a piece of equipment for you know a kid or a teenager back then jump in front of pucks did you ever play goalie or want to play goalie because of that? Uh, I I wanted to play goalie, but I don't think he would let me. Um, you know, he's a teacher, so, uh, you know, teachers are notoriously a little bit cheap, and I don't think he wanted to buy those pads for me. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I would have loved to have done it, but I just don't think he wanted me to do it. And, um, yeah, he, he just kind of speared me away from it. But once I started playing, I was – kind of threw me into the defenseman role um you know I think his thought process was you get on the ice a little bit more as a defenseman when you're young and um it's just kind of something I always liked well as a defenseman uh you sure look like a goalie we touched on blocking Ovechkin shots earlier and I wanted to ask you and Jax uh, both of you guys because you've blocked your share just the art of blocking a shot tell us about the timing when you go down how you kind of grimace waiting for that pain and if both of you guys could uh tell us uh, what's the hardest shot who, who who shot it what's the hardest shot you've ever faced um i think a lot of it has to do with anticipation um you know reading plays understanding where pucks are coming from uh there's you know it's something that i've learned over the years i think as a younger player i left my feet more which um you know i tend not to do as much nowadays um there's also, they've, you know, instructed us and I've learned over the years is you don't necessarily need to block the shot every time, but you need to take a certain angle the another way for the goalie so they know that puck's not beating him on that side of him so he can just focus on the other side of you. Um, I think that's one thing that's, you know, a subtle art to it. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just reading plays. Um, I think, you know, one of the, one of my most scary experiences blocking shots was in the American League. Um, Sheldon Surrey was down there, and uh, for some reason, I was just like I was. I was a lot more yappier as you know, as a young guy in the American League, and 
I just kind of always got into it with him. He was playing on the Hershey Bears, and we would play like 11 times a year. And um, I specifically remember them getting a five on three one game. And I'm, you know, no doubt in my mind he was not trying to score. He was literally just trying to put the puck through me. And I ate about like two or three on this five on three. And um, yeah, I, I just remember those being, you know, some of the hardest pucks I ever ate to this day. Yeah, Sheldon's uh, he's he's a big boy. I've uh, golfed with him in the summers, and uh, he hits a golf ball like he uh, shot a puck. It's uh, you know about 110 miles an hour. And uh, uh, but like you said, going back to the the art of blocking shots, it is about taking the far half of the net, letting the goalie see. Uh, has some uh, anticipation and, and kind of knows some tendencies of, of guys. But uh, I think the hardest one that I ever blocked was. Uh, uh, playing against Nashville and uh, Shea Weber was uh, on his offside and took a one-timer and hit me right in the uh, right, right in the kneecap and uh, split my shin pad in half so um, that one uh, definitely uh, stung for a while and I'm, I'm lucky that I had some padding uh, in between uh, uh, in between uh, my knee and uh, and that rubber yeah it gets deceiving sometimes you know you'll block one of these slap shots that'll seem you know 100 miles an hour and it it'll catch you somewhere and you won't even feel it and then you'll catch a you know a snapshot in the wrong place and that one will drop you and um yeah it's, it's just luck of the draw sometimes where you're eating some of these pucks yeah i think uh probably the biggest thing that i learned over the years too is is putting extra padding uh uh i know uh joel farnsworth uh, uh, has adjusted a lot of my equipment uh my elbow pads my uh uh, my skates, my shin pads all had extra little pieces on it from all those uh, small cracks that uh, I've been uh, hit by a puck as well. And uh, I remember uh, Bobby Plager telling me one time talking about uh, blocking shots. Uh, when you did, you had to go to the bench and you couldn't show the other guy that you were hurt. Bort, you ever been through that where you go to the bench and I'm, I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes, other times you just have no choice. It's just, it's just howling a little bit too much, but, um, yeah, I mean, a, a guy like Line, who's, who's teeing it up a lot from that, that right circle, um, you know, sometimes you feel like he's, Ovechkin, I feel like he'll let up, he'll, not let up, but he'll stop hitting him sometimes if you continually block him, um, and he'll move it around and look for another option, um, but I feel like a guy like Lining and some other guys, they'll just keep teeing him up and until he either hits you or it gets by or, or they bury it. But you know those are big, and, and when you go to the bench, uh, teammates uh, patting you on the back, and certainly uh, those coaches take note of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something our group you know has in a high appreciation for is, is little things like that. Um, it's not always... You know, going to be the goal or the nice play, but uh, it's you know it's a hit, it's a you know it's a block. There's there's just so many. It's getting the puck out. Our wingers, you know, take a lot of punishment on the walls sometimes. Just getting pucks out that was clearly evident in the playoffs, and um, that's something you know our, us defensemen will get up for and and let them know. And it goes with the block shots. And there's there's all sorts of little things that uh, our group uh, you know definitely has a high appreciation for. 
You know, you're, you're talking about appreciation and uh, in the playoffs last year, but uh, you know, the uh, it, it wasn't uh, you know a surprise for me. But a lot of people were talking about the the big goal that you scored in uh, game two against San Jose, and you know, jumping in and uh, off the point, uh, grabbing the puck, a little backhand top shelf. Uh, what was the feeling like? For you, uh, you know, scoring that goal, and I, I know big goal scorers like you and me uh, uh, aren't surprised when we do that uh, that type of thing. I know that's what I mean. It's uh, I, I want to say it. It just hurts the shock value that all the all the teammates have when when one of us scores, Jacks. I just I just don't think that's right. Uh, you know, no matter how appreciative we are of how happy <laughs> they are, but uh, yeah, it's it's there's there's little spurts of skill you know I I didn't always grow up as you know this defensive defenseman um you know so there are uh you know little bursts of skill that are in there that that you grew up uh you know doing and working on and continue to work on um you know because I feel like the the role of defenseman defenseman is kind of you know you need to be able to somewhat chip in offensively or um be able to skate and move the puck through through the neutral zone or whatever um so yeah, it was you know clearly the highlight of my career in terms of um, you know scoring a goal and um, doing it on that stage. It was uh, you know pretty special for myself and you know happy to contribute for the group there. It was uh, it was it was something else. I did, didn't expect up didn't expect to be uh, in a playoff podium after a game anytime soon. But uh, it was it was pretty cool after the game sitting up there with Eddie and, and Schwartzy and. Um, like I said, just just being able to contribute to to that run was it was pretty special. Oh, it's so great, boards, because I don't know if you know how it works, but we're up in the press box and the PR guys will come by like late in the game and say, "Who do you want to talk to?" And you know, I'll never forget that game. We're like uh, Bortuzzo, Bortuzzo, Bortuzzo. <laughs> you know, bring, yeah, bring yeah. him up to the podium. So that's <laughs> that's great. But yeah, you're right. Um, I, whenever you score, I look to the reaction of your teammates for their Sully, uh, you know, rather than than, uh, than yours because it, it's great. But Jax, what do you think uh, about Bortz's Sullys? You, know, you, you see it so often that uh, you know it just kind of <laughs> comes second nature. But uh, yeah, it, it is basically the uh, uh, the reaction. Uh, you know, I think Bortz is kind of like me. You get excited, but um, you know, I think the guys on the bench get a little bit more excited and. You know, you go back to you know sitting on the podium after games. Uh, it's kind of nice when you score a goal and you're uh, you, you get to talk to the uh, to the press instead of uh, like like my role was after every loss. The uh, uh, <laughs> Jr. would come to me and say, "So what went wrong?" And then I'd have to you know come up with some bullshit that uh, he can write. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice to do it on a high note. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, he's always complaining. Every time uh, the the PR came up uh, after a loss, we'd say, "I'll oh, give us Jackman." You know, we'll talk to him. <laughs> yeah, I always had to take one for the team and uh, and and talk to uh, a lot of guys with some bad breath uh, after games. Hey, eh, boys. <laughs> Who's he referring well, that doesn't to? narrow it down. <laughs> Our guest on episode 47 of We Went Blues is Blues defenseman Robert Bortuzzo. And we're going to get to your fan questions in just a little bit. Pay attention to the Twitter uh, each week at JP Rutherford. Uh, sometimes we uh, solicit questions for these podcasts we did this week. And a number of questions were sent in to us for uh, Robert Bortuzzo. And we'll get to those in a little bit. But uh, Robert, uh, growing up and uh, playing hockey, what was your 
belief that you could make it to the NHL? You mentioned your uh, career at Kitchener. Obviously, a junior career set you on that path. But uh, making it to the NHL, winning a Stanley Cup, I'll never forget you and Eddie and the other guys going down Market Street celebrating. How real was this for you? Um, well, it's it's something as a kid you, you, you know, you dream about, which, you know, is a cliche in itself, but, um, you know, I was always a, a realistic kid growing up. Like, um, the goal was always just get, get us, get a scholarship, get my schooling paid for, um, uh, you know, that, that was the mission all along growing up. And that was kind of the goal we had as a family and for myself and, um, had full intentions of going to, to university hockey before Kitchener came knocking. And then, uh, Went there and uh, got some exceptional coaching from Pete DeBoer and Steve Spott. And um, I think it was probably after my first first year, my dad was kind of like, you know, um, you know, put it in my head where, you know, this this was a new attainable goal of, of mine. And um, from that point on, I would say, um, you know, that was that was now the mission. Um, I had incredible coaching through through junior career and through the American League, actually. Um, you know where I where I spent a long time, and I'm not gonna lie, there was years in the American League where um, you know you, you had a good season, but no call up, and it, things got a little bleak there for a bit. But uh, again, Pittsburgh was a a good spot and a good organization who um, uh, believed in me, and uh, and then getting moved to St. Louis, um, you know, was one of the harder things that happened to me in my career was getting traded. Um, um, but the fact that I was coming to this organization who had had a ton of success and um, was exciting and, you know, they were always kind of knocking on the door of, of being able to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, I had spent five years here now and for it to happen with, with this group of guys and, um, you know, I definitely consider myself, you know, a blue. That'll kind of be always who how I'm remembered in my career is, is a blue and to do it with all the guys here that I kind of spent a ton of time with, whether it's Steiner, Schwartzy, like you mentioned, Eddie, Fab. So there's a long group uh, of guys who've, who'd been through a lot and to do it with, with kind of like our guys felt really good. And, um, you know, we brought in some huge, huge pieces, um, uh, and, and put us over the top. So it was, like I said, it was a surreal feeling. Um, it's, uh, like I said, all those steps, you know, you, you, you want to win the Stanley cup, but, um, for it to happen, it was pretty amazing. Jax, I just put it together. He mentioned playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, he was teammates with Joey Vitale. Joey Vitale is in the media now, so bad breath. I think that's who he's talking about. <laughs> I wouldn't put that on, on Joel. I wouldn't put that on <laughs> Joel quite quite yet, but he's still young in the media. He uh, Who knows what he'll look like in his older years. Yeah, I think uh, Joe is, is drinking the tea instead of the uh, the coffee, so the bad breath isn't uh, as prevalent as, uh, you know, some of the media guys. <laughs> I will say when I got traded to St. Louis here, Jax was, uh, you know, one of the first guys to kind of take me under, my, under his wing. Um, you know, we played together for a while. I remember assisting on one of his goals that he scored from the red line. Um, that was, that one was of his goals. Quite, his quite goal. the connection we had there. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I, you know, I've mentioned it to Jacks before, where you know he he didn't have to do that, and uh, you know it really meant a lot for me. I didn't really know anyone here. Um, I Vitaly texted a couple guys for me to say you know vouch for me, but 
um, yeah, it really meant a lot for me that Jax was able to, to help me out and, uh, you know, help me get my feet wet here in St. Louis. You're going to make me cry here, uh, Bort. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, that, that's the, that's the biggest thing is, you know, uh, you know, I was lucky to be in, in one place for a long time. So, uh, you know, you, you always want to make, make people, uh, feel welcome when they come to the team and, uh, you know, in the hockey world, it's pretty easy, uh, uh, right away, you know, that, uh, guys are good guys and, uh, you want to help them out. So you're, uh, you're a pleasure to play with. And, uh, you know, in, in about 10 years when you, when you're alumni, I'm, I'm hoping that you're, uh, you're back in St. Louis and, uh, you know, sitting next to me, I, I probably won't be playing anymore, but, uh, it'll sit next to me in the alumni room. We'll, uh, we'll have a few, uh, a few, uh, soda pops together. Well, it's a good deal, buddy. <laughs> So uh, you're growing up in Thunder Bay, and Thunder Bay is, uh, what, about 100,000 people. And, um, there's a huge list of uh, NHL guys that kind of came out of, uh, uh, you know, ahead of you and, and at the same time of you. Um, it, was that a huge benefit for you growing up playing with guys? Uh, uh, and, you know, you could probably list off, uh, you know, about 10 guys that played in the NHL. Uh, yeah, it was it was, it was huge, uh, you know, to see guys, um, you know, a long list of guys being able to make the NHL. Um, there was like a Thursday night scrub ice in the summer, actually, that um, it was about two minute drive from my house and me and my dad would actually go watch it. It was like for summer scrub ice, it was some of the highest level scrub ice I'm sure going in, in all of Canada. It was a very impressive skate. Um, and this guy ran it for years. Um, it had American League guys and, you know, a plethora of NHL guys. And I remember the first time I got invited to that, it was actually after my second year in Kitchener. And, uh, you know, that was, that was cool for me. So I got to skate in that for a year or two. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, just seeing, seeing guys that, that were able to make it uh, from such a small town. And, um, you know, you have the Stahl family there and you, you have Sharp and the Pyatts and the Latowski. Um, there's just a, a long list of guys that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, were huge in the community growing up. And it was great for me to be able to see that. You forgot Ryan, Ryan Johnson, the uh, uh, oh, yeah. blue, blue alumni. Huh? Great blue. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, Chris Porter. There was, there was tons of guys. Greg Johnson, um, Alex Ald. It's, qu it's, it's quite the list. And now they've got, uh, I think we've got three goalies in the league. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Those are absolutely two of my favorites, uh, Chris Porter and Ryan Johnson. They grow them well up there, the good kids. Good guys, good guys. You don't hear uh, you know, too many bad things about, about a Thunder Bay guy. Yeah, for sure. All right, boards, let's get to these uh, fan questions. These uh, sent in by Twitter followers. And the first one uh, for you, Robert, says, uh, Bortuzzo only has 16 regular season goals, but six of them have been scored against Brodeur, Fleury, Rask, two of them, Quick, Lundquist, some of the best goalies of their era. How does someone not known for their shot beat such talented goalies? <laughs> Wait, who said I'm not known for my shot? <laughs> this is, uh, we should have mentioned his name, Connor Wehrman, so uh, that uh, you can direct any anger towards right. Connor Wehrman here. I'll have to fire my Twitter back up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, it's probably sad that I can remember every goalie that I scored on. That's probably not a good uh, look, but uh, I think probably one of my favorite ones was, was Fleury. That was probably my, my first game back in Pittsburgh. Uh, he was a, a good buddy of mine in Pittsburgh, and 
Uh, he was, he almost couldn't be mad. He was just laughing that the fact that I went bar down on him. Um, I probably never even scored one goal on him in practice in Pittsburgh, never mind a game, but, um, uh, yeah, Marty was my first one. Uh, Lundquist was the breakaway. See, so, yeah, we don't need to go through all these cause they're all, it'll, it'll take about 30 seconds, but no one needs to hear that. Jax, what about you? Who's the best goal you ever beat? Uh, well, my first goal was against uh, Mike Richter in uh, uh, Madison Square Gardens. I think the puck bounced twice uh, uh, before it got to the net, so that was uh, that was a pretty memorable one. But uh, I've scored on uh, on Hashik and uh, Cujo and uh, some pretty uh, pretty big names. So um, you know, none that are oh, uh, too memorable Hasek. except for <laughs> well, but me, yeah, Hashik is pretty That's good. Legendary. But, uh, you know, maybe even uh, yeah, the, the playoff goal, uh, or two playoff goals were were pretty good for me. I wouldn't have went with a Richter. Eh? You're aging yourself there with that Richter drop. <laughs> I did play against Mario Lemieux too, so that's uh, it's it's dating me a little bit. Hey, board. So we got another one from uh, Ryan. He says, after that uh, sick goal against San Jose, did you chirp Thornton at all after you burned him on that silky forehand backhand shelf job in the playoffs? Uh, I'm sure there was some some drawing back and forth. Um, I don't remember specifically. I remember us going at it a little bit in the series because we were matched up against each other. But, uh, you know, I tend to leave guys like that alone uh, in terms of chirping. You know, I'm sure he doesn't want to be engaging with me out there. He'd probably have to check the back of my jersey, a guy like that. He's a pretty big legend in this league. So I think I left him alone, but... Uh, like I said, we did we did go at it in terms of physicality, and I, I you know, he's a hell of a competitor, but uh, I don't think he'd be out there chirping with me. Jax, what kind of chirper is Bortuzzo? Uh, I think he's good. I think he just kind of shows his toughness and uh, uh, has some, uh, you know, he's he's more laughing at guys than uh, really, you know, trying to dig and and go to the heart like some other guys. Yeah, it's a lost it's a lost art. I feel like the that chirping you just don't see it as much and i mean i've played for i think eight years now and even the evolution of, of chirping is has gone down it's it's just hard to even get someone to engage anymore these young guys they just i feel like they just don't want to chirp and they just kind of shrug it off so it's it's kind of diffused it all is that what it is i was going to ask you why do you think it's going down they just not interested the young guys i i just I just don't think they did it growing up. I know, you know, back home in Thunder Bay, that's honestly all we, all we did. And it's probably all we do to this day, me and my buddies. So um, it's all we really knew. And then, you know, I think once Otter retired, it just all went away with, with, with him getting out of the game. <laughs> it's definitely an art. But, uh, you know, I think guys are, uh, you know, too good of friends now. Uh, you've, you've played with uh, everybody in the league at some point and, uh, as well, I, I think everyone's kind of so sensitive. You're uh, you're worried about uh, you know maybe getting suspended for a game or two because of uh, you know maybe uh, you said something uh, you said a a, a mum joke or uh, uh, you know made fun of somebody's hair and they they were a little too sensitive about it. Huh? <laughs> hey, Bortz, uh, not really a question here, but Ian Powers uh, tweeted in, and he wants to warn you, tell Robert to be careful running down Wydown Street, people fly. So you're talking about jogging earlier. Be careful of that Wydown Street. Oh, nice. That guy's, at least that guy's getting it out there that I'm working out, so it looks good on me. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. 
He might be a stalker. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Any questions for uh, for Bortz? Why I pull a couple more up from the fans? Yeah. Um, Bortz, what uh, what was it like? Uh, you know, you kind of will explain about uh, winning the cup, but what was it, it like in the uh, in that parade and just seeing the the uh, the, the outpour of of uh, emotion from the fans and going down <coughs> Market Street and you know, I, I know you guys took about four or five hours to, to make your way about uh, a mile, but uh, what was it like just kind of seeing those fans and uh, uh, and the rush of, of uh, emotion for yourself? Uh, you know, that's probably the perfect word there. It, it was a rush. It was, um, it was truly like nothing any of us expected or had seen before or really felt before. It was... Um, you could feel something in the air. It was it was palpable the level of emotion and excitement and, and joy from from the fans and um, I, you could just see a, a switch get flipped in the players and we just kind of responded and, and feed, fed and feasted off some of that energy from the crowd. Um, you know, I, I likened it to being a, a wrestling character at some time. There, there was like nothing you couldn't say or do or a point just to get the people to erupt. So um, we would have gladly gone around another lap if, if that was feasible um it was it was the time of time of my life and the time of our lives you ask anyone um that memory will forever be ingrained on all of our brains it was um it was it was truly hard to describe um the feeling of it all so um that's a testament to this city and, and these people and these fans um you know there's there's if there's any reason to to pull home another cup um you know you ask the players it's to, to bang out another one of those parades a few more for robert portuzo one here uh, not a question again just a comment just want to tell him how much i appreciate his game his abilities and being a great teammate that's from bruce sniff uh, moving along here uh gibbs a oh, proud st louis blues fan says that uh he uh, he's a proud canadian board so i've seen him on twitter a lot and he says ask robert Where's uh, better Coney Burgers, McKellar Confectionery or Coney Island back home? These questions will make him miss back home. <laughs> uh, they will. Um, I'm Coney Island all day. Uh, Westport <laughs> is on the, the south side of town where I grew up, and my dad would take me for um, burgers and, and dogs at Coney Island. Uh, they're just a little smaller. You can, you can pound. They're like little one-hitters. Um, so... Coney Island all day. It's uh, you know, I haven't been there in a while, but uh, you know, that's a that's a good reminder that when I do get back home, I I should. Uh, I think the last time I was there, two of my friends had an, an eating contest, and uh, my buddy Tyler downed uh, thirteen and a half burgers. Oh and my, my buddy God. Jerry only got uh, twelve down, and um, the the girls at Coney Island were were so either you know impressed or disgusted that they said they'd for the winner's burgers so Tyler ended up getting free burgers and uh, Jerry won't be able to live that one down <laughs> if you're uh, to bet on one guy on the team who do you think uh, uh, on the blues could could crush uh, uh, you know an eating contest oh man who would win that you know, um, if, big, if Big Rig was still on the team I know you'd go with him but <laughs> other than that uh I think if we lined up, um, you know, 20 dogs in front of Blazer or 20 dogs in front of Robert Thomas, um, 
and we had a showdown, I think we, we could make a lot of money pay-per-view locally at least. <laughs> I know uh, Rob, yeah, Rob probably has a little uh, uh, experience in the uh, Kachuk household there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's uh, <laughs> no shortage of cured meats and burgers and hot dogs. Well, speaking of food, let's wrap up on this one, and it's a good note, uh, Robert. Low Def Blues wants to know, how did you settle on eating meat and cheese out of the Stanley Cup on the speedboat? Uh, I'm just a big meat and cheese guy. I've always have been. Uh, there was always kind of cold cuts in our house growing up in a, you know, an Italian family around my grandparents. Um, and then someone ended up bringing a cheese cheese tray that uh, just happened to be the perfect size of, of the top of the mug, and um just settled on that we actually we did gnocchi earlier on in the day um so we we had uh, uh you know a lot of things coming out of that cup but uh yeah i'm a big big cheese guy as uh as has been documented by some of the players i'm sure a day that uh, you'll never ever forget well we really appreciate your time although i could have done without you complimenting jacks on how much he helped you Heard that a few times this year with the different guests and kind of makes me want to barf a little bit. But but I'm sure Jax appreciates it. He likes the pad on the back. So thank you, Robert. Uh, no problem. Um, I'm sure I'm, again, not the first or the last guy to mention that about Jax. Um, I'm sure there one day someone will say that about you, Jer. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. Um, anytime. Yeah, uh, Roberto, we really appreciate uh, your time and uh, look forward to getting on the uh, on the course or uh, uh, get you over to the driveway and uh, and uh, hone those uh, those skills for uh, for the upcoming season. Sounds good, fellas. Thank you. Episode number 47 of We Went Blues in the Books for Barrett Jackman and myself, Jeremy Rutherford. We want to thank number 41, Robert Bortuzzo, for joining us uh, this week. Uh, we also want to let you know that uh, there are many other podcasts at The Athletic. In fact, uh, Jack's uh, John Cooper, our good friend, uh, spent some time in the St. Louis area. He's the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, he was on two-man advantage with Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun, so look for that podcast. Also, Elliot Friedman, one of my favorites from Hockey Night in Canada, is Ken Weeb and Rat Atis, guest on the boarding pass this week at The Athletic. Also, check out our new comments section for each podcast of We Went Blues. It's at The Athletic app. Say hello. Let us know how we're doing, what you want to hear, what guests you might want us to have, and what your thoughts on each episode were. Please do that after this episode with Robert Bortuzzo. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. We Went Blues on Apple. If you click on the show, you are theathletic.com forward slash we went blues you'll get 40 percent off your subscription so for barrett jackman and myself this was episode 47 of we went blues we'll talk to you next week